Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Thanks, Pastor Shane. We love our pastors. We love our church. It's just such an honour to be here. And, um, you know, who loves what God's doing in the place? Who has a sense of expectation about what God's going to do this year? And I'm praying that my dog will change this year and stop chewing things because he's two and a half and still chewing everything inside. We learned to give him bones every day and that solved the problem, but it didn't change his nature, did it, David? So we're obviously doing something wrong. Need to redeem our labradoodle. A cat would never do that, would they? No. All the cat lovers say it. Just awesome. Love being in church family. I love how much we learn from each other. You know, God gives every single one of us revelation and he brings out different things in different people. And one of the things that I really love about our church is the way that our pastors just encourage that and encourage everyone to be who they are in Christ and be able to bring that. So I'm so honoured and privileged to be able to be introducing this series today from the first book of Peter. Because who knows, God's calling us as Jesus followers to be different. We're not meant to be the same as everybody else. And there's so many great challenges in this first book of Peter that that show us what to do. And um, I know that as I take part in conversations at work and with my mates around the place and look at posts online, I'm increasingly finding the sense that what I believe is very different from what the world believes and popular opinion out there in the world and that what I believe is right is perceived as wrong and vice versa. So we're going to be unpacking that over the next few weeks. Do you ever feel different? Do you ever feel different to the world? Do you ever have different opinions? Do you ever get upset by different things? Say different things? Think different things? Have different goals? You know, and as Christians, we find that that's, that is very, very normal for the Christian life. In fact, we see in the early church that they experienced exactly the same thing and some of the great challenges they came up about. And so since our inception, Christians have always been different. We're meant to be different. And Peter, one of Jesus' 12 disciples, wrote this letter to Christians just around 62, 64 AD to Christians all over the world who were scattered amongst the different natures nations to bring direction and strengthen their faith. So I'm praying that over the coming weeks that this series is going to encourage you, that it's going to challenge you, and it's going to strengthen your faith. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence in this place, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that as your word goes out this morning, that it will not return void, Lord, that it would achieve all that you have intended it to achieve, Lord. Give us fresh revelation from your word today, Lord. As we come around it together, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you to turn to the first chapter in the book of 1 Peter today. We're going to be unpacking this passage of Scripture. Let's turn there together. We're going to be reading from verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with His blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, 
spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Wow, what a passage of scripture. And I'm looking at that going, Lord Jesus, how are we going to bring this one home? There is so much in this passage of scripture. So really, with a lot of thought and prayer, went into this message this morning. And the word that the Lord really put on my heart to share today is what makes us different? What makes us different as Christians? And what insights can we gather from this passage of Scripture to be able to understand that more? So we're going to go digging for gold this morning. You ready for that today? Get some treasure out of the Word of God. In verse 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, who's the same Peter that walked on water, he's speaking to God's elect. So this is actually the first key that we find in this passage of Scripture, this word elect. So what does it mean? If we go to the Greek, the Greek word eklektos means select by implied favorite, chosen out, elect, choice, select, especially as a deeply personal choice, Literally chosen out of a personal preference or intention. So we see the first insight that we've got into understanding what makes us different of followers of Jesus is that we have been intentionally chosen by God. Wow. Intentionally chosen from God. Personally chosen by God. Number one, we are chosen by God for a purpose. There's an intention behind it. There's a reason why we've been chosen. But why? Are we better than anybody else? No. Are we perfect? Are we more holy? No. The Bible tells us that we're all sinners. We're no better than anybody else. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So in understanding this choosing and being called God's elect, because we know that every human being has a priceless eternal value, we don't, we're not any more valuable. But let's have a look at verse 2. Who have been chosen, this is why, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ. God knew us beforehand. He knows every decision we're ever going to make. He saw the end result of what he could do through us because of our response and obedience to him. Wow. That is why we're chosen today. It's about a relationship. It's not all one way. God chooses us and we choose to follow him. It's relationship, hand in hand. 
He knew we would believe in him before the foundation of the world. And he saw through the work of his sanctifying work of his Holy Spirit who we would become and what we would do and what we would achieve while here on planet Earth. And the more we allow the Holy Spirit to sanctify us, what does sanctify mean? It's just the process that the Bible describes as us being transformed into the image of Jesus. So we're always becoming more like Jesus through this sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. As we follow Jesus, none of us are perfect, but we're learning every day as we're committed to allowing the Holy Spirit. Just as David shared this morning, there's an inner working that takes place from the inside out that God does within us to transform us. He has an intention in choosing us. He has a divine purpose for our lives. We have a future and a hope in God. We are going somewhere and we are in the world for a reason. I'm really amazed. I've got a new job in the last six months and it's just been interesting, the great new friendships that I'm starting to form there and reading some of the posts that get put up online on Facebook by my colleagues. I'm just like, wow, there's such a sense of purposelessness. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in his existence. There's this post that got put there by a well-known comedian who spoke to colleagues over in the UK. Sorry, not colleagues, uni students as they were graduating graduating at their final ceremony. And within this inspiring message, He basically said that we have a meaningless existence and we just have to make the most out of every day. That's basically the guts of it. And it was very funny and very clever. But in my heart, I was grieved. And it just struck me again as the difference between us as Christians and people in the world is that we have a sense of purpose. We don't believe that this life is meaningless, that we were just born randomly and then we're going to die and go back. to the the earth. We don't believe that. We believe that we're eternal beings. We have a sense of purpose. It's one of the things that makes us different is that we're chosen for a purpose. We have a future. We're going to revisit verse one for the next insight. So that's the first insight. The second insight is uncovered by a key word in verse one, where Peter describes the people that he's writing to as exiles who were scattered throughout the different nations. So we're going to look at that word in the Greek. It's paradidemos, which means sojourning in a strange place, residing in a strange country, a stranger, literally someone passing through, but still with personal relationships with the people in that locale. We are strange even. Christians are called to be different. Do you ever feel strange? You're not going to admit it, but I feel strange sometimes. And I think sometimes that some of us are stranger than others. But the second insight today is that why we're different as followers of Jesus Christ is that this world is not our home. Just as David taught this, I'm just amazed at how everything's flowing together with what God's saying today. It's just beautiful. This world is not our home. When we were born again... We were born into a new kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. And heaven is now our home. So sometimes we do, we have the sense that we don't belong. And it's because we don't. We're here temporarily. If you feel strange, it's because you are. I love that. Freedom to be strange, it's awesome. So we're on a journey through time to arrive in an eternal dwelling place where one day we will be with God for eternity. 
We don't belong to the world, but we have a mission and a purpose while we're here to have a relationship with the people around us that we mix with. We're going to unpack this more and more this morning. This is an exciting message, exciting message today. Let's read on from verse 3. Praise be to God and our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, for who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Lots and lots in that one, but the third insight we can draw out of it, that is why we're different as followers of Jesus, is that from the time we become born again into a new life, the Spirit of God comes to live inside us. We come alive to an eternal living hope, and He transforms us from the inside out. Like David shared this morning, there is a work of God, there's a miracle that takes place, and that miracle work is absolute supernatural miracle transforming power of God that we cannot do in our human ability. No intellect can achieve that. It is spiritual, it is real, it is divine, it is something beyond anything that we can understand. So this sense of being different in the world should be a familiar feeling to us. We are different. We're meant to be different. We're meant to react differently, think differently, feel differently, value different things, have different goals, say different things, have different standards. The third thing we can see is that we have been born into living hope. And when you are truly born again and the Holy Spirit of God is living on the inside of you, you can't help but be different because we are different. We've been changed. We've received a new heavenly nature. Things that don't grieve the people around us start to grieve us because we're feeling the heart of God. When we see things about little babies being aborted, we feel stirred and gutted on the inside. Whereas someone who doesn't believe in God just thinks, well, I saw a post online by one of someone at work who's basically put up a, a, an image of a seed and all these different things and saying, you know, this is, this is not a tree because it's a seed and an embryo is not a human because it hasn't been born yet. And I'm just like, they just have this sense that it's, there's no right or wrong because if someone doesn't want the baby, then it's their life and they should be able to choose because there's no spiritual or divine meaning. There's no eternity. It's just all natural. But we feel it because we know that it's something we can't explain. The Spirit of God comes alive with us. We're no longer living for ourselves. We care about humanity. We start to feel the love of Christ and, and wanting to stand up for the oppressed and for those little babies that don't have a voice and all the other things that we see unfolding in justice. There is a stirring within us. It's the heart of God. It's the new nature. And we mustn't be surprised that those who are around us are not feeling what we're feeling because they haven't come into that knowledge of God. They haven't received Him. We need to understand that, that they have a different worldview. But the truth is that until we experienced this miracle of salvation, we were dead spiritually too. And this is key in understanding why we're different so that we can continue to relate to the people in our world. And this is an exciting thing about where God's taking us this morning. 
I love in Christianity that we need God to be able to please Him. It's not possible to please God without God because we need to be in that relationship of allowing God to do the work within us. And that gets rid of any sense of elitism or superiority that we see in people like the Pharisees who thought they were better than other people because they had a superior morality. And I'm glad that we remember that we need God, that we're all sinners and that we're saved by His grace. And that we shouldn't be surprised by worldly values being different to kingdom values. They've always been different to kingdom values. There's the kingdom of this world and there's the kingdom of heaven. And it's our purpose, our mission to bring the kingdom of heaven here to earth. Just like was prophesied this morning. That's our mission. To bring the kingdom of heaven here to earth. To shine a light in the darkness. To stand up for what is right. To stand up for those who are oppressed. To stand against injustice to shine love and hope into the darkness that's why we're here when we realize this we have compassion on those around us who've not yet entered into relationship with God because we remember that like them outside of Christ we are sinners too he alone has made us righteous and it's only by him that we've been saved and that we've entered into a living hope in him When we understand this third insight, we get it. Christianity is not about following a set of moral codes. It's about following an immortal God. I feel compassion for my workmates as I hear their struggles that they're going through. And I get it. I get their perspective. They don't believe in Jesus and they're just doing everything they can to try and live out this life the best they can. They're trying to make their existence as bearable as possible. They've gone through trauma. They're doing the best with what they believe. And I don't judge them. And I understand that they have a different perspective to me. So I want to sit there and listen. Listen to their story. Have compassion on them so that I might be able to shine the hope and the light and the love of the Lord Jesus Christ into their world. It's my greatest desire to be like the Lord Jesus Christ, that he loved people so much. He had so much compassion that sinners flocked to him. They ran from religious people, but they flocked to Jesus. Why? Why was it? Jesus said, I did not come to judge the world. I came to save the world. He came as a living hope to be that grace, to be that love, to be that divine intervention in their lives. And I listen to worldviews of atheism and I listen to worldviews of new age and they're probably the two predominant worldviews at the moment that I'm hearing amongst my unsaved friends. And I want to understand why they think that way because I want to be able to reach them. And it's amazing when, when God gives you a, a nugget of gold to just throw into a conversation one day that you start to see, they start to question, they start to want to learn more and that's exciting Let's not be shocked by people's immorality. Let's reach out to them with God's immortality, his supernatural power. Christians have always been different. We're meant to be different. We're meant to be different so that those who we live amongst can see the reality of the supernatural life-changing power of God in us so that they too can believe in him and enter into his kingdom. We'll move on to verse 6. 
In all this you greatly rejoice, though for now, for a little while, you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. The fourth insight we can see today as to why we're different as followers of Jesus Christ is that God is refining us so that we become strong. And no matter what evil is thrown at us, we can stand firm in Christ, that we will not be moved, that the truth of this living hope will pass from generation to generation and that the light will never go out. There has been some dark times in human history when the forces of evil rise up and try and snuff out this living hope. In fact, in the time of 1 Peter here where Peter is writing, it was right before the persecution of Nero where Nero used to drench Christians in wax and set them ablaze so that they would be living candles and he would sit there and drink and eat and be entertained by that. He would wrap them in animal raw meat and then put them in cages for wild animals to come and kill them for entertainment. This was a dark time. And right throughout human history, we can see that the kingdom of darkness has always tried out to snuff out the kingdom of light. But it is not possible because the hope that is within us is a living hope. The hope that is within us is real. It is supernatural. It is powerful. And I tell you, there is nothing that speaks more volumes than seeing a persecuted Christian remain in their faith in Christ and that nothing would shake them. We've heard stories as we've been unpacking. We've had different guest ministries come and sharing from the persecuted church right now about the, the suffering and that they endure. Nothing speaks more than them showing love where they're being treated with hate. Nothing is more powerful than the presence of God and the reality of His love and kingdom in our lives. The fourth insight into why we're different is that we have purpose in trials. Pastor Craig Rochelle quotes that you're either coming out of a trial, you're in the middle of a trial, or you're just about to go into one. Life can be difficult sometimes, can't it? And Ian and I were just commenting the other week that life here is a battle. Faith is a fight. We need to be courageous and charge into battle, not try to shy away and escape from it. I want to ask you this morning, what trial are you facing now? And what is God doing in your life through that trial? Knowing that that trial is temporary, that everything in this world is temporary. This isn't our home. What is God doing in your life right now that's going to have a supernatural, eternal impact? either in your own life or in someone else's life? What's God doing through those trials? And that's a good question. Rather than, rather than asking God, why? Why am I going through this trial? We should be asking God, what do you want to do in me through this trial? Sometimes I've learned that the faster I learn, the faster I get out of the trial because I learned my lesson earlier in the piece. It's taken me a long time to get to that place. It's not always the case though, is it? Sometimes we need to endure for long periods of time. But I just want to encourage you this morning, no matter what trial you're in today, that there is purpose in your pain and that God is doing eternal work in you. Pain produces passion. And when we have a living hope in Christ, even suffering and grief have a purpose. What is the purpose? To prove the genuineness of our faith. There are those in your world who are watching you right now. And particularly for those who are going through a trial, I want to speak to you this morning to encourage you. There are people in your world who are watching how you respond to that trial. 
And they're going to be inspired that you do not lose your faith despite everything that's thrown against you. And they're going to see a strength and an inner resilience in you that does not make sense. It's illogical. When our daughter was born with a disability, I used to cry out to God to heal her day and night. And he did not take the trial away. He didn't wave a magic wand and fix everything. He didn't remove our troubles, but he was with us in them. And he has been faithful. And even though he didn't take the trial away, he used it to do something extraordinary and something supernatural. He's going to do that in your life too. I remember sitting with a friend of mine who's an atheist once, and we were just sharing about the journey with Rochelle, and she looked me in the eyes and said, Suzanne, you have not lost your faith. This is coming from an atheist friend. And that spoke volumes to her, more volumes than if Rochelle had been miraculously healed. Because it shows what? That there is substance to our faith. That there is evidence of our faith. That our faith is real. It's refined through trials and suffering so that we'll come out like gold. 1 Peter 3 verse 15 says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. A few weeks ago, one of my teamies at work asked me why I was so resilient. And I shared a little bit about my testimony, my story, and growing up in a dysfunctional family. And I said, look, it's the hard times that make you strong. And she looked at me and says, no, Suzanne, the hard times destroy people. Why are you different? And then I got to share about my Jesus with her. Always be prepared to share. I said, he is with me. He's kind and he's faithful and I hear his voice. And he redeems everything bad that happens. Trauma, abuse, illness, depression, anxiety. He redeems it all and turns it around for good. All of it. Moving on to verse 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Is there a cost to following Christ? Yes. But there's purpose in even our pain. And when we endure trials and allow our faith to be refined as gold, we receive inexpressible, glorious joy. So the fifth insight we see this morning into why followers of Jesus Christ are different Be truly glad, Peter says, because there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a while. What makes us different? An inexpressible, glorious joy. We can be going through tough times, but we can still have joy. Why? Because joy is not happiness. Joy is gladness of heart. And gladness of heart comes from God, comes from the Holy Spirit who dwells from within us. It's the joy of the Lord that is our strength. So God might not make your trial go away. But he promises you that there will be joy ahead of it. Hallelujah. And Jesus modeled that to us, didn't he? For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What did Jesus see on that cross as he was suffering? What did he see? He saw you. He saw who you would become as a result of his sacrifice. And that brought him so much joy that he was willing to endure all of that pain and suffering for us because of how much he loves us. Who can you be to the people in your world, to the people around you? Who can you show joy to? 
Who can you be kind to? Maybe you can be patient. Maybe you can show some self-control. Maybe it's simply showing that you care about people in the small things, asking them about their work and their day and their health and how they're going. Maybe it's about putting others above ourselves and not just be focused on our own, own achievement in our career, but actually be genuinely caring and wanting other people to achieve too. There's lots of ways that we can shine the light to the people that we're with. Maybe it's forgiving someone who's done you wrong. God's speaking to people this morning about what he wants you to do with the people in your world. And with joy, this inexplicable joy, one of my team members was going through a hard time. You know what she said to my boss? She said, whenever I'm feeling down, I go and sit next to Suzanne because she has enough joy for the both of us. But it comes from God. It comes from God. He's the endless supply. We can be feeling empty and flat, but we have this joy that other people don't have. Let's not take that for granted. Let's not keep it to ourselves. Let's share it with the people who are in our world. Never underestimate the difference we can make in people's lives. It makes us different. <laughs> I've seen people say that to me at work. You're different, Suzanne. What makes you different? What an awesome way to be able to share the gospel. I just want to say this morning... It's awesome to be different. Being different is awesome. Don't be afraid to be different because it's God that makes us different. As we begin to close this morning, allow this, share this key this morning. If you allow the difference of your Christian life to shine in your world, you will make a difference in the people's lives in the world around you. The world needs different and the world, your world, needs you to be different. Verse 8, the last verse. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. And as we close in verse 9, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So the good news is not that he saves us from our trials. The good news is that he saves us from sin. And he saves our soul and gives us eternal life. That is the good news here today. That is the reality that we can grasp a hold of. What makes us different? Ultimate salvation. Salvation for us and salvation for others. When we're saved, we are born again into this new heavenly nature in Christ. And we're able to do things that are not humanly possible because we've been redeemed. Love the worship team to come this morning. We're able to show grace to sinners. We're able to love our enemies. We're able to do good to those who hate us. And we're able to bless those who curse us. To pray for those who spitefully use us and persecute us. To have the strength to turn the other cheek rather than retaliate. To forgive instead of taking revenge. We're able to have compassion and put the needs of others above our own. We're able to be like Jesus. We're able to be a light in the darkness, a light that leads people to him, our living hope. This is what the difference is for. Christians have always been different. We're meant to be different. The world needs different. Your world needs you to be different. Not just any different, but with the difference that comes from God. He has chosen us. 
He has invited us into heaven as our new home. He has given us new birth into a living hope and given us purpose even in trials. He has given us an inexpressible, glorious joy and ultimate salvation in Him. The world needs different. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 says, God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in Him, in Him, we might become the righteousness of God. We're going to bow our heads and pray this morning. Maybe your faith has not been genuine. When, when the trials and the tests have come along, maybe you've given up. Maybe you've been traveling along in a Christian life, but you haven't actually encountered that miracle of salvation that you've heard so much about, to be born into a new nature. Maybe you inherited your faith. Maybe your faith was shallow. Maybe it was conditional. Maybe it's been a pretense. Maybe you've walked away from Christianity because you were disillusioned. Maybe you've never encountered this miracle of salvation. But the good news today is that no matter the past state of your faith, today is a new day and you can make a choice on this first Sunday of 2018 to follow the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart, no matter the cost, no matter what it takes, because today you believe that he is the Son of God and the Saviour of the world and you know that your soul needs saving. It's a personal decision, it's an intentional decision and it's a real decision. It's between you and God. There's a response taking place in people's hearts today. Responding to that living hope. You can sense it this morning. You can sense it this morning. The power of God, the presence of God touching you. You can't explain it, but you can tell that there's this tangible presence of God touching your life. I can see it this morning. There's people here that there's, there's a, a deeper place that God wants to take you this year. There's a newness in your faith that God wants to lead you in. There's some challenges that some of you have been holding back from and God's saying, I'm calling you forward out from behind that. I'm going to bring you forth. I can see disappointments of yesterday being broken off and people set free. We're going to say a prayer this morning between you and God to receive him as saviour today. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me new. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died for me and rose again so I could live for you. Give me new birth into a new heavenly nature in Christ. Fill me with your Spirit so I can follow you for the rest of my life. Transform me from the inside out. I give you my life, so I'll be different from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.